0: With us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, we will test your senses and challenge your beliefs.
1: A world of God, or this place is a message for you to crap at me. God, since you left, I will so don't think I've touched stories, that dinosaur to of this, and it just keeps piling up.
0: <laughs> you will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will it's not so believe
1: so like, This is it the is New England clean. Ghost Project. Welcome go. to the... Welcome to the Ghost Chronicles Music Hour, featuring the swinging music of, you can do that better than I can, Steve. Steve, give me a good one. Like,
2: how would you do it on the BBC? The The BBC would do it all posh, and they would say, good evening, welcome to the Light Program, with a selection of music by Percy Sledge and his string quartet. That's
1: pretty good. It's kind of like PBS here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, PBS is like English wannabes, right? I have no idea. Probably. Be, Probably. Probably. <laughs> Anyways, you're listening, uh, if you're still here, uh, to Ghost Chronicles uh, International with uh, Steve Fasson and Ron Kolick. Right here on Tojinet and Pararex, if Karina has Pararex up. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> I know, I was just teasing you to love. Tis the season. Anyways, so there you go. Um, she likes Christmas. I do like Christmas. I really do. I really do. And a lot of people don't like it because they put too much pressure on themselves.
2: I, I don't believe do that. It, I believe it's Anne Kerrigan's favorite uh, holiday, isn't it? She, she hates
1: Christmas. <laughs> although, although she decorated her house this year, so already. Uh,
2: there we are, see. So we, can't can't up, we can't there put our Christmas lights miracle. up yet. There is Christmas miracle. Yeah, we can't put our lights up yet. They're late. You can't put them up? How come? We have building work going on at the house. So. Oh, it's still going. Yeah, we it should be done by the end of this week. So
1: they're putting all new windows, so it'll be nice and warm. Yeah. all
2: this new windows, so it'll be nice and warm. And we've got blizzards and snowstorms due at the weekend, so just in yeah. time.
1: We're actually uh, they're actually predicting snow here yeah, this storm. weekend. Caroline. It's still, on Caroline. Caroline. Mm. Should I sing, <laughs> Sweet Caroline? No, let's not. Well, if
2: it, if, well we will if it dro- drops a foot of snow on us. We'll be happy. Yeah, you like oh. snow. Well, we don't get it very often. Yeah, well. It's, it's a bit of a novelty. In fact, uh, my youngest has, hasn't seen snow. Really? Mm-hmm. Hasn't seen it. Well, She'd come visit Before, us more often. Yeah, four years old, hasn't seen it. Come on, come visit us. Spend Christmas with us. Let's do Ghost Chronicles. Uh, let's do um, Spirit Quest in midwinter. There you go. There you go. Spirit Quest. So we'll in have mid-winter two people <laughs> <laughs> That's two more than last time. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> busy, busy week here on the um, deliveries front, though, and not Christmas presents. Uh, ghost equipment stocking up presents. What? Yeah, about have had to... Uh, well, after I got back last time, I've got a bit of a, a job coming up in um, the no new job. year. Early, ja- early January. It's bragging it again. Uh, no. Um, but just you know, so I thought I'd best dig out the ghost kit, make sure everything's working, and yeah. checking it and so double check stole all my equipment. Yeah, that's the one, I'm and just... uh, <laughs> discovered one of my 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 torch completely missing. Now I'm not, uh, flashlight. Sorry, Americans. Um, yeah, you, you gave it to me last time you were here. No, not that one that oh. my, my primary number one Numero had it for years, special. Wait, uh, well, how is it special, Steve? Uh, only because it f- throws out a really flat beam of light, so it's very, very uniform.
1: So you, you blind your people for a no, it's not know, bright. No,
2: it's not overly bright. It's just very, very flat and very, very uniform. Um, and I couldn't find it. So it's like an old incandescent bulb. And no, it's an LED, but it's a very, very flat. It has a special photo. Fo- uh,
1: oh, okay, yeah, because that's the problem with LEDs; it's
2: yeah. kind of like. So this one is is if you if you project it onto say a, a large wall, it's mm-hmm. the same same brightness at the edges as it's in the middle. It's not overly bright, um, but it's it's a nice flat, uniform light field. And I've had it for years. Anyway, could I? It always lives in one place on the shelf. In the before
1: before you get into that, I just want to mention yeah. that i don't think we posted that we were doing a show today right because there's nobody in the no, chat no,
0: no, so
1: if anybody's listening out there please log into uh, toji net and join us in the chat and we'd love to hear from you so carry this, on about this, about the this kind
2: of follows on from last week's uh show about yes, carry the, on, but carry the, on. the basics and could i find it? it wasn't there anywhere um i've been in every box i've been in the attic hey spooky balooza in- see
1: that you're asking you receive
2: go ahead carry uh, on i asked for it back um Nothing, nothing. So I've had to. I use it as a good excuse then to restock on flashlights and head headlights for, uh, because they were all get, the others were getting a bit aged and antiquated and technology Whoa, did moved you, on. Did you pray to Saint Anthony? I did. Hmm. I tried. I even tried asking the elf on the shelf. Um, did that work? No. Oh, In fact, all that, all that happened there is all the breakfast cereal ended up all over the floor. Uh, but uh, that's elves on the shelf for you so yeah i saw i've ordered uh, a a new batch of flashlights for 2018 and um to cover all of the different eventualities so uh, they've all been um arriving this week and going through the ghost kit because i mean a lot every group and every investigator needs a ghost kit um and you know like like everybody else i i have a ghost kit um i and oh, I needed. Oh. You,
1: you've got to keep our oh, full of flogged items for me.
2: Yeah, I know they're not. <laughs> uh, but you have to. I mean, they are the basic tools of of our trade. Uh, you know, we need we need some essential items. Uh, we don't always work in the dark, but we do go into dark places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it. it you know, once every few months, it does you good to go through the ghost kit, uh, to realize that some of the stuff that you thought you needed, you no longer need, some of the stuff that... No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, currently, in, in the 2018 incarnation, I've taken out of storage and put into storage uh, different items. So, currently, the 2018 is uh, obviously flashlights, talked about those, Um a compass. Huh? A, a compass. Huh? Magnetic compass. For? Knowing which way north is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because one I of the thought things, this was going to be some... No, no, no. There's, Harry there's, Price... No, no. It's not one. I, I don't have um, aluminium flight cases. I've never have Oh, that's them. a shame. I use, I use a, a good old-fashioned canvas camera bag. And in it, there are, th- there are multiple pouches. But in one pouch is, um, I call it the finding-yourself pouch or the location pouch. And in it is a, GPS. a, a laser rangefinder so for very accurate measuring down to uh, 0.001 of an inch. So, what's that, hundredths of an inch? Oh, yeah. Uh, we have, okay, we have those too. I have a conventional uh, pull-out ten-foot tape measure. Um, we have the the
1: laser when We don't use yeah. the conventional.
2: Well, we are, I, I've got both in that, and yeah. and also a compass. Because when you're positioning equipment, sometimes you do need to position it precisely, or you need to measure, you know, how far something is from something else, and uh, which, you know, obviously which direction it. It is. It's pointing in. And that's especially true if you're doing detailed electromagnetic measurements, because you mm-hmm. have to orientate the meters to uh, magnetic north. Yeah. Um, so that's that. that. in the, Then in the next bit is, um, obviously, where, that's where the flashlights live um, in the next section, along with the…
1: Uh, you don't have those bright headlights,
2: do you? Uh, I've got a red one. A red ones no. I like. None, none of the flashlights I use uh, in the in the ghost kit are uh, these weapons of mass destruction oh, lights. Oh, God, those are so
1: horrible. I don't know I why know,
2: anybody would use those. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Most of the places you go to are, they're indoors. There's enough ambient light anyways. Yeah, well, most of the time the ambient light's on. But sometimes you need some extra, and I, I prefer a, a, you know, a floodlight uh, so you can see the, the, the space you're in. Um you know i don 't need to peel the paint off the walls and take the retina right out of people 's eyes yeah, yeah in order to be able to um i do I do have one very very powerful torch for outdoor use um, that makes sense yeah but that 's you know for you know if you 've got to go up a distance up a lane or a trackway yeah. you need yeah. to see something so um there 's a' there's a there's uh, some thermometers uh, of different sorts in the next section, along with the sound recording equipment. What kind of,
1: what kind of thermometers?
2: Just curious. Um, or? Uh, there's one. Uh, it's a multi-unit. It's a fluke multi-unit that measures oh, yeah. yeah. um, Infrared emission. It, so it's it, a contact it, It's it's a contactless and contact. So there's an air oh. probe. Oh.
0: There's, oh, a special cool. un,
2: there's a special unit that plugs into the top of it that measures the, the air temperature, and it has the the sort of conventional and shoot laser. Yeah. We don't use that for measuring. It's
1: probably the most misused <laughs> yeah. piece of equipment in the Indigo hunting bag. But it looks cool. I know. Looks like a
2: we, we don't use that. Me- we actually don't use that for measuring temperature uh, so much as calibrating the IR, um, the TI. Uh, oh, therm- really? Yeah. Because one of the things that you need when you're setting up the thermal imaging camera is, of course, the emissivity and the ambient temperature That's of... A word. Yeah, and the ambient temperature, reflected ambient temperature. So we use the Fluke, which itself is a calibrated thermometer. It's an industrial standard one, for, ga- for getting those numbers to then put into the thermal imager to calibrate the thermal imager, uh, because different surfaces, different... Um, Types of paint surface, or brick, or wood, will have different. As you know, it emit, uh, they will emit or reflect different amounts of infrared energy, which can throw the calibration off of the thermal images. So you have to put those numbers into the thermal imager um, mm-hmm. to get the best quality image from that. So we use that. There's also a couple of um, data logging thermometers as well, ah, good, which which are in there. I mean, there are. The, this is the this is the everyday carry ghost kit. This isn't the sort of you know. Uh, then there's a Zoom H6 recorder, some additional microphones for that, um, and a small portable uh, audio recorder.
1: So the, your, is your, your belief that you should use the most uh, expensive recorders you can when you're doing some recording?
2: Well, I believe it's always best quality information or quality data you can with the equipment. Using a Zoom H6 or, you know, or or equivalent. The Zoom H6 has been chosen because we can plug lots of microphones into it, so we can. <sighs> it, it'll take up to six microphones. Really. So. Uh, what will so that I little baby me, cost? Um, they're not expensive. They're about three hundred and fifty
1: dollars. Yeah, well, that's not cheap. That's you know a little bit out of most people's uh, range for. Uh, well. You know. it, it, we, Smart goes something
2: key. Most people would use the Zoom H2 or the Zoom H4, which will give you two additional microphones or no additional microphones. But we, we have uh, situations where we need to plug in extra mics into one unit, so it saves us space. We can do you know a lot of jobs with one recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then there's a small Olympus uh, dictaphone-type recorder for use when interviewing people. Ah, clever. Uh, what else is in there? Um, I didn't ask that. I'm just trying to think. There's, there's obviously <laughs> lots of lots of pens um, and screwdrivers for changing batteries is yeah, he- it? Ones light up
1: in this so you
2: can see No 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 they're just, they're just they're just standard Pentel. The astronaut one's that right upside no, down the No. Oh, it's ah. just a group of Pentel pens. Damn. Um I was just trying to tell you, oh I'll tell you what is cool in there. Uh, there's another thermometer I have just remembered uh, which is an extremely uh, accurate um, air probe thermometer but there is also a combined it also measures the humidity so it gives us a very accurate temperature humidity reading
1: yeah humidity is cool most lot of people don't measure that and I think that's a, it's an important uh, environmental uh, measurement yeah, to take think,
2: and, and the final thing for the environment is there is a hot wire anemometer, which gives us a very accurate uh, measurements of any Moved um, uh, to zero point zero one watts or second equivalences in America. very ah, um, cool. Because it, it's all very well saying I can feel the draft, but we, sometimes you need to be able to quantify the amount. Yeah, so that's exactly. that's, the, that's the very well. That's pretty well. The rest of the pouches are filled up with spare batteries, screwdrivers, um, the stuff for changing the batteries. Yada yada yada. Um, that's generally what. So don't we're
1: doing don't with. you have some motion devices uh, that uh, you know? We've so When when, when flying rocks go by and, and oh, unusual things no. they get
2: tossed around in the dark oh. in the dock. Um, you can <laughs> actually mean, pick them up. we've got we've got infrared beam barriers and stuff, but they're not. They wouldn't be part of the um, everyday carry. You know, yeah. I, I mean, you wouldn't need them. Um, we can add to that or we can take from that, but that 's generally what I would you know uh grab and go for with me you
1: know and I wanted to ask you this and uh, uh because i I, uh, I have a great respect for your uh knowledge so uh i was I saw this uh documentary or program about uh this haunted house in Texas. And they called in a parapsychologist, and I can't remember his name to, to, for the life of me. Whoa, what is that? Did you hear that? No. It was like a wind. Quick, get out the anemone. Animal, animal. But anyways, um, this this guy, uh, he went into the haunted house, and he, and he took this device, and I, of course, it's, see so well prepared? I can't remember the freaking names or anything. And... It mentioned
2: electrical, static or something. Or electrostatic meter.
1: And it had two probes kind of thing. And and basically what he determined was that the house was built on limestone. And under certain conditions, the limestone produces electrical impulses, which was causing all the paranormal activity in in the house. Have you ever heard of that?
2: Yeah, it was quite – along with electromagnetics, electrostatics um, became – or negative ion uh, detectors became quite popular for a while. Um, there was they, – they sort of predated electromagnetic uh, uh, EMF meters. Certainly here in the UK, there was a lot of groups would buy what were called NIDs or negative ion detectors, mm-hmm. um, which are electrostatic. They simply measured the, the static electric uh, electricity in the air block. Well, Pretty much there were slight differences between a, an NID and an electrostatic meter. But there was this idea that uh, when the air was very dry, um, when, there was, when there was a lot of static energy, or in the case of on limestone, or some of the minerals that produce piezoelectricity when they're compressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The but That would provide energy for the the entities to use, manipulate, or manifest. Um, well,
1: this so, guy was saying that, that this was the reason for the, the haunting. It wasn't because for the ghost. It was just natural. All the occurrences that are occurring in the house were the result of this uh, condition.
2: Well, I was, I was I was going to continue to say. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut <laughs> I apologize right. to you, Mr. Passage. Uh- uh- Whilst there are many, you know, as I said, the theories go that uh, ghosts can absorb, manipulate or, or otherwise use this electrostatic or electromagnetic energy. Yeah. With, with electrostatic energy, I mean, I'm sure you've been near a static field where you can smell the ozone. Um, oh, yeah. And you know that it can give you that skin crawling, weird sensations. Um right. And, of course, static electricity can, can do some physical things too uh, the, the most obvious being the spark jumping across the gap from the Tesla coils mm-hmm. or when you've been pulling a you know, man-made fibre over your head and then you suddenly reach out and touch your beloved and... Yes, it <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know some of those effects are very similar to some of the effects that people report in, in haunting cases mm-hmm. so there have been people that have looked at uh, static electric fields Uh, Ion fields um, and other, you know, energetic fields. And, you know, NIDs were negative ion um, detectors, negative ion fields uh, were actually quite popular. In fact, some groups even reverse engineered it because um, what they said is, well, if ghosts produce, and one of the ideas was that ghosts generate negative ions, this was one of the theories that was popular uh, a while back, um, that they would buy one of these domestic or or even industrial grade negative ion um, devices generators. That, that, yeah, that were used for, that were quite popular for health benefits back in the 80s and 90s. That you mm-hmm. put one. I think there was one called Ion Breeze, and you could put it next. to Oh there. yeah, I remember that one actually. Yeah. Uh, and all it did was cover everything in dust because it, <laughs> it sucked up. Well, it didn't suck all the dust, but it, it statically charged all the dust in the air, which made it stick to everything. Yeah. Uh, and everything became super dusty. Um, but so what they were getting was they were using these huge industrial sort of grade versions of these uh, ion generators to see if they could generate sufficient energy into a space for the ghost to manifest. Uh, that was, you know, that was quite common. Incidentally, one of the, it's one of, the, one of the cool things. So we talked about the um, anemometer before um that you can that, you know to measure these very slight breezes sometimes you do uh, you do encounter a breeze some people i'm sure you've heard the people talking about psychic breezes um but if you've ever been close to a negative ion uh, generator you will feel um you know if you put it close to your skin you'll feel a breeze uh, from the ion stream the ion the ion wind that comes off them um and it does, It is. It feels like a genuine, sort of gentle, imperceptible breeze. Now, if you measure, if you try to measure that with a, an anemometer, mm-hmm. you won't measure anything at all. Um, oh, because it's actually—it's not a, a physical breeze. It's—it's it's not a physical breeze. What it is, it's the ion stream is actually pulling the um, water droplets off your face, so it's causing evaporation by an ionic discharge. Uh, so, you get this cooling breeze that actually isn't the movement of air, it's the movement of uh, f- uh, the air particles, the ions, the, these charged particles within the air. Uh, so, if you do have very high static electric fields, it is possible to feel drafts or breezes where none are present, uh, n- or non are present by measurable conventional means, i.e., an air movement detector, because the air itself isn't moving. So um, yeah. that's something to bear in mind.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because, it, uh, it, just like this guy, I was kind of a little bit annoyed by the, this guy because he, basically, from what I could tell, he only took that piece of equipment in there and and he was satisfied that that was it. I mean, he didn't do any other. Environmental tests are all, which was kind of annoying to me. But I mean, a lot of times, uh, it, and this is common in, in most ghost hunting things, that if if you get X, Y, then it must be the result of Z because uh, that can produce it. But sometimes there are other things P and F that produce X, Y as well. Well, just because uh, the.
2: the- Around the time that orbs became very popular in the late 90s, there were, there were several groups and investigators who started to realize that they might be you know, airborne stuff, uh, dust and small particles and what have you. And they started, there was a group here, of well, ASAP here in the UK, started a series of experiments where um, they went out and threw cinnamon dust, cinnamon powder. Oh, God, no. In front of the camera. And it produced very, very credible orbs. And they said, there you go, it's... it's, it's."
1: Yeah, you know. how much cinnamon gets blown in the air?
2: Well, you know, the first question was, um, when they made the presentation, is uh, how many investigations have you been to where the air was thick cinnamon dust? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the, the fact that... was you're in a bakery but, or something, you're screwed. <laughs> The fact that you can replicate something doesn't necessarily mean that was what actually transpired, Um, but you can say – you can extrapolate that to say it This could be be one of the – Here is a plausible likelihood, but that's not not the same as having a replicable Proof. proof. Right. I agree 100%. Um, but, it, you know, some totally of, with you
1: today, what's s- up with some that? Of,
2: some of the equipment you use, you know, you do have to, you don't need really the overblown high tech equipment all the time. I said before, yes, I like to use, get the best information, best quality data. So we use high quality calibrated equipment so that we can rely on the data we're getting. But sometimes we, we spend, you know, a great deal of the effort is spent with really quite basic stuff. You know, the, the notebook and pen um, gets used far more than the fluke um, or the thermal imager. Uh, yes. you, you don't need to measure anything at all if there's nothing to measure. You know, there's no point in taking along um, a whole array of video cameras if people have only ever reported hearing sounds. There's no well, point it, in um I, 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 I kind
1: of disagree in a little bit because um, I like to use – and this is just me, not you – I like to use video cameras to record uh, what's going on uh, with the team and, and, and the investigation itself. So it gives us something to look back on because you you know that the further you, wake, you get away from an uh your mind uh, sometimes changes things than, that happen at a time, so you uh, – you go back and you can actually look. at And I, you know what? I found that when we were writing our book, Ghost Chronicles, and, and more importantly, Ghost Files, which is coming out next year, is that we thought things happened in a certain way. But when we looked at the video or listened to the audio on it, we realized, no, it was different. So th- that's why I like
2: using them. Uh, I do usually have them on just about every investigation. Um, I, I should clarify. We don't. I, what what I meant was there's no point in taking along you know all of the DVRs and all. Of oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. I get it now. I'm sorry. But but to, but to have you know have record keeping camera yeah. and video camera um is you know is perfectly valid. But also especially you know I said before when people have heard stuff, um, sometimes with sound. Um, you want to be able to rule out the obvious. And so one way of recording sound is to record it with vision, and a, and a video camera is perfect for doing that. Um, yep. So you have to ju- make a judgment on on the nature of what the person, what the witness has said that they've experienced, and then you know choose which pieces of equipment are the most appropriate. You don't need to take the entire toy box because... You know, if you do go along with the three, you know, the three uh, box vans full of equipment for every investigation and then it's come expensive. back with well, Well, it gets expensive. And B, you've got to go through it all afterwards. And the chances are you're going to just drown under a well, you know, under the sheer amount of data.
1: Oh, yes. You know, I went on
2: that. You know, uh, if you've got six cameras running 10 hours, you've got 60 hours of video to then go through. And there's not many people. Um, perhaps my five-year-old could, the way he watches some of those movies, could uh, <laughs> sit through, could sit through, you know, sixty hours of video. Um, you know, I, I, so you you do end up risking missing something simply because you've recorded so much stuff. So uh, you know, I, we try to target the resources we've got because we don't have unlimited resources. I don't think any investigator does. Um, so you target the resources the best way that you can. Um, you know, based on what the witnesses have said, what other people have said, uh, what's been reported, the nature of the phenomena. You know, what's the point? What's the point, for example, in measuring temperature if they've only ever seen an apparition? What's true, the point true. if somebody's been has seen an apparition in daylight? Uh, why are you using full spectrum cameras or night vision? Uh, because the person obviously saw the apparition in you know, under light conditions. We, we've discussed that many times right. before. So,
1: it's well, expensive. we're actually coming up to the break it's right expensive. now, so uh, uh, we we'll have to take a break. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, because uh, I just watched the episode of Most Haunted. Ooh, yeah. So anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International with Steve Parson and Ron Kolek. Right here on Tojanette and we will be right back after the following massages. Massages? Massages. Massages. Have you been massaged lately? I wish I was.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Net radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. The creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Pharex family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parag's family.
2: They're strange,
0: deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous.
2: Of ghost Chronicles International. As we draw cl- ever closer to that Nightmare Before Christmas special edition on the nineteenth, featuring the power behind Ron, and Steve, St. Jan, and my good lady cat, and maybe some junior ghost hunters too, if we <laughs> tear them away from Disney. Hello, how are you? Oh, hey, anyway, I've just, just thought of another really cool uh, ghost gadget that should be included in all all ghost investigation kits.
1: Well, before you do that, though, I have to make a public service announcement. If you have purchased an EDI meter, I would like to remind you to please take your batteries out when not in use because that sucker drains them really quick. And when you have low batteries, by the way, it will affect, it will affect uh, its use. So there you go. Fidget
2: All right, spinner, go ahead. Public service announcement. A uh, fidget spinner. A who? A fidget spinner. The frig is that? You don't have fidget spinners in the States. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, well, there, there was a huge craze over here in the summer for these. Um, they're just, uh, how would you describe them? Um, I have no clue. It's called a fidget spinner. It was designed for people uh, originally with uh, autism and uh, attention deficit disorders. I need a dozen. Um, yeah. And what it is, it's a, a simple mechanical spit device. It It doesn't do anything apart from you hold it in your hand and it spins and it's got, you know, and you just fiddle with it and distract it and fidget with it, and it's a great way to pass the time. Mm. All the British listeners will understand what I'm talking about. Every I of think we have them here. Stuff. We call them
1: something else, but, yeah, we yeah. have them here as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, anyway, I'm just I, would inclu- I would include one of those. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm curious. Which flashlight did I leave behind? You gave me a flashlight. I know. Gave- which one? Which one? I can't remember.
1: I don't remember. It was a little one.
2: He well, I brought the two mag lights back.
1: Well, this this was two years ago, three years ago.
2: Oh, very, no. And I
1: called you about it, and you said uh, because uh, it, yeah. it it flashes when the batteries are low. I guess.
2: That's right. Yeah, I remar- remembered now. I just I, did, I only remember taking over uh, last time I was there. Two mag lights and No, it
1: wasn't the last time. It was a couple of years ago. No, that's why. I two, maybe three years ago. Who knows? That's, what, that's why.
2: Uh, so, anyways,
1: I I uh, I was quite pleased, because I was able to get a, a uh, to watch uh, Most Haunted. Ooh, and I, can, I can only
2: apologize. No, no. Which series are you up to now? Uh, I have no idea. 12, 13.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So I thought there was higher on that. But anyways, uh, maybe it, it didn't make sense to me, because you, you were with the show for quite sense. a few years.
2: Yeah, it didn't make sense to me either. It did. It was
1: (laughs) actually a fun show. I enjoyed enjoyed it the hell out of it. But that's besides the point. Um, You were you've with them for you know quite a few years. Um, This was season three. Does
2: that make sense? Uh, That would be um, that would be the Derek years.
1: No, there was no Derek there. That's what it was annoying me. It said season three, and then it was the Ministry of uh, Justice.
2: Oh, I think this is the uh, – have they remembered the series? Oh, did uh, they? That's why it confused me, because be, there was nobody there I knew hardly. That would be why. What's happened is they – They had they, a they, demonologist. Yeah, they've, they, they knew the new Most Haunted uh-huh. – uh, is yeah, so that would be the third series, which is actually series 12 or 13. Oh, confuse the crap out of me. I'm trying to figure it out because they when had it, this when they, it went biologist. off, yeah, Fred. When
1: and it, then they had this this parapsychologist who I'd never heard of.
2: Yeah, nobody has. Um, when, when it went off air, finished kaput, mm-hmm. um, then there was the interregnum when it wasn't around, and then it came back. I think. Uh, some people, some of the, I think the channel actually branded it as series, uh, series one, two, and three. So I think it's oh. third series now, which is the current series. But that would, that would be make sense. in reality, you've then got to add. So it's so, so, you know, series three, second time around. Oh, but yeah, it's a whole. Apart from Yvette, Carl, and Stewart, it's pretty much an entirely new cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a comp- and a slightly different style. Um, of doing things a lot more um well a lot of people say it's a lot less basic it's a lot less uh it's 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 more predict people say it's more predictable it's a lot less um you know you haven't got a medium anymore in in the shows um well i have demonologists yeah but they don't have the mediums anymore fred's replaced the medium Um, oh And they have, I think his name's Glenn, um, who call, he, he brands himself a parapsychologist, and he's, he brands himself as slightly skeptical. And Who is he? Uh, I, I, I've never met him. I, I don't he know just,
1: him. He just, he just mumbled and, and yeah. put a bunch of crap on there that made no sense at all.
2: Well, I mean, you could argue that the show never always did that. I mean, oh, that it's, was... it was a fun show. I don't care. What yeah, but I mean, you could always get the parapsychologist to mumble and make no sense at all. I mean,
1: yeah, but sometimes it, it, he would. This didn't even kind of relate to the show. Uh... Oh, basically, you know, they asked him at these. Well, you know, people walking around in the dark and everything are, uh, have subjects to fears and it It's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs>
2: I think I saw one too in the news series, before, or the, the, the most wanted series one. I'm going to be
1: watching some more, and I'll have to report on it then, and I'll let you know. Yeah,
2: you'll have to, because I, it's not something that, uh, you know... I, yeah,
1: no, no, that's all right. I mean, it's, I enjoyed it. It was good. You know, my was doing a lot of screaming, so it was always fun. I, was, I always love her when she screams. <laughs> it just cracks me up. I can just imagine that, that happening in a real... Uh, investigation, away. it's like I would be wetting well, my I, pants. To be honest with you. <laughs> well,
2: I've, I've been with Yvette on non-filmed um, programs. You know, when uh, we've done stuff, we've been in um, on investigations where there was no cameras. Um, yeah, and it, you were they weren't doing it for television. And what's interesting is that she is, she is every bit as scared off-camera as she is on-camera. Oh, she's um, kind of
1: like uh,
2: Richard then. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Because
1: Richard's scared shitless. I mean, I well, I, 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 remember I went what, what, on him with investigation at Gettysburg, and it uh, cracked yeah. me up. I I had all I do to keep myself from laughing, and, and he yeah. he tore open his leg and everything else because he was scared. It's like yeah. seriously. <laughs> we
2: we were on we were on one night one time um, what, series six, I think the one I was on. Uh-huh. Um, we were on uh, two. Uh, ships of the Line. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's battleships about. Up yep. in Scotland, uh, in Dundee. One was uh, an Antarctic survey vessel, and then we were on um, a Napoleonic-era Royal Naval vessel. Uh-huh. And there'd been some stuff happening. Uh, everybody else had gone to the um, uh, the Antarctic uh, vessel, um, which was the Discovery. Oh, was that uh, Shackleton's? Yeah, so Shackle—they'd all gone to Shackleton's boat, leaving Richard and I to do to do uh, to keep an eye on HMS. I think it was HMS Unicorn or H-M- anyway, it was something. It was a Royal Naval, you know, Napoleonic era ship, um, one of these big wooden Hulk uh, hull battleships. Um, I, there was some there was some noises, so I said to Richard, uh, "You hang on here at the bottom of the stairs, and I'll walk up the stairs to the next deck." And stick my head up and see if anybody's there or see if anything's happening up there. So um, I set off up the about 12-foot flight of stairs and Mm -hmm. got to the top, turned round to talk to Richard, who should have been at the bottom, and near jumped out my skin because there was this white apparition behind me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which, which was actually Richard. <laughs> really? <laughs> Who wouldn't stay on the deck just, you know, inside of me, 12 feet below me. Uh, I'm... I'm not staying down there on my own. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good old Richard. <laughs> but uh, we were doing some stuff when, when Kieran and Yvette were writing their book. They, um, they borrowed a parascience location uh, to uh, investigate it for the which book. Which book was that? The book, the Ghost Hunters. Mm, I think I have that one. And um, part of it, they they were doing some. uh, I said they weren't filming it, but Yvette was filming some uh, bits for a DVD that was included with the book. So it had nothing to do with Most Haunted. This was their project. But Uh they they thought you know we'll film a few bits with our own cameras, and um, you know we can put out a DVD with the book. Yeah. Um, so Yvette is doing this solo walkthrough um, of one of the big uh, spaces at the shipyard. Mm-hmm. Except Yvette won't do a solo walkthrough <laughs> because, because, because Yvette is terrified. <laughs> so uh, my job was to walk with Yvette slightly in front of her so that Yvette could put a hand onto my shoulder. And (laughs) even just so that she knew that there was somebody there, you know, she just lightly laid a hand on my shoulder as we Mm -hmm. went through. And I had to, you know, periodically she would move the camera around. I had to remember to duck or step aside out of the picture as she panned around to give the impression she was on her own. And, um, She she started to turn the camera unexpectedly, so I stepped behind a support column in the middle of the room, just to say you know to make sure I was out of sight of the camera. At which point, Yvette's hand came off my shoulder. She looked around. Of course, I was behind the column, so she couldn't see me. The language and the screaming from Yvette. (laughs) <laughs> and she called me every name, every name Believe leaving her not So that's I'm, why I like the show. She does. She cracks me was, up. She really yeah. does. I mean, people think, you know, people accuse her of acting. and yep. I mean, she is an actress. Mm-hmm. And people accuse her of over-dramatizing and acting. But, you know, I know from first-hand personal experience, no camera rolling, Yvette is as terrified uh, I, you know, on camera as she is off camera, what you see on camera. Uh, certainly, with the, the screaming, the fear. I mean, she might scream a little bit more, but she certainly screamed and called me every name. Um, <laughs> you know, and there was no, there was no reason that you know that she wasn't playing for the camera that night. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's. It, I suppose you know. The show was entertaining when it first started all those years ago, back in 2002. Fifteen years ago now, it oh, was amazing. It was it was raw. You know, one of the attractions of Most Haunted, which you know, which is why it struck a chord with so many people, is that you had this group of, uh, you know, you had Yvette, who was famous. Nobody'd heard of anybody else. You know, um, you know Carl and she Schu- was famous. What was she famous for? She'd been a children's tele- uh, quite a you know, a children's television presenter here in the UK on. Oh, on I did the, not know that. On no. the top children's television program, you know, it, it's it's such a popular television program for children that all adults watch it and grew up watching it. It's been around for about fifty years. Oh. And and Yvette was one of the um, presenters on that for a, a lot of years. And I know that. That gets into the national psyche, so Yvette was, was already very well known before you know, shipping on most it. N- nobody had heard of anybody else, but that was the joy of the show. What you had was a group of ordinary people. You know, you had uh, the film crew, the makeup lady, uh, mm-hmm. and they went into a haunted, a haunted place with very, fairly basic equipment. You know, they they had oh yeah, back in, in that
1: day they did yeah,
2: night vision camcorders, uh, torches, and very little else for the first series. And they they did have. Uh, um, an investigator called Jason Carl who he branded himself a parapsychologist but in essence he he, he, he really didn't do was, a lot he, he was a competent investigator you know slightly old school notebook yeah. pa, uh, and pen. Well, maybe
1: i'm getting confused with him they had one young guy that did nothing virtually well that was just, jason oh uh, okay
2: uh, um but they just were, went into the and it was raw you know the editing was raw um they, they didn 't know what they were going to come up against they didn't they weren 't playing it for, for for the screams they weren 't playing it you know playing it for it was it was just raw uh, and it caught the mood it caught the moment it caught the mood it was the right show at the right time it captured the public 's imagination and it you know what started off as a cult show became you know very much mainstream mm. and then of course you know The rest, they say, is down to the marketing people and the budgets, isn't it? Because once you have a show that's popular and successful, you've got to keep it popular and successful. Oh, yeah, amen on that. And And you've got to
1: produce results, believe it or not.
2: Well, you know, as Zach, you know, it's funny funny because uh, around uh, when the show started to run its course after about 10 10 series, Mm -hmm. um, it became quite fashionable for people, it still is fashionable for people to knock Most Haunted. You know, they would distance themselves from the show, and they would, if they were doing a public investigation, they would often prefix it by saying, well, you know that show, Most Haunted, have you seen it? Well, this is nothing like, this is reality. (laughs) And then they would do everything. The same way, exactly. (laughs) exactly. But, for a while, um, Ghost Adventures was very popular here in the UK, um, and it became the credible alternative to mm. Most Haunted. You know, people would say, "Oh, Most Haunted's fake," but Zach, you know, this is the real. You know, this is the real deal. But I've noticed in the last twelve months, um, the tides turned against Zack and Ghost Adventures, certainly here in the UK, and people are saying, "Oh, Zach's." You know, he's he's acting for the camera. He's playing up, and groups are now saying, Man, "Well, it maybe it has something to do with it, he's putting uh, light and orbs in as evidence." Yeah, now. maybe. But you know, there are groups now saying in the prefix to their investigations, "Well, you know, that Ghost Adventures program that's not that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not like Ghost Adventures, I and mean, then they do everything that Zach does." So, you know, it, it's interesting how heroes can certainly fall from grace oh sure
1: how did you get involved in the on the series uh stephen were you from the beginning or did oh, you no, later? No, nothing,
2: nothing like from the beginning uh, much oh. much later um i got involved essentially um because kieran was at the time relocating from the uk to live in france oh um, we've done some stuff together for uh their book ghost hunters mm-hmm. um we'd work together uh, with Yvette and Kieran on those projects. And I'd help Kieran on some of the stuff, uh, you know, giving him ideas for experiments and stuff to do. Oh, on the okay.
1: Yeah, because I remember you telling me about that before. So I, I just thought you were technical advisor at the time. But, okay, that
2: makes sense. Um, and then, you know, after we'd done the the stuff for um, the book, and Yvette wanted, you know, they, they needed somebody to, uh, acted as to stand in for Kieran Kieran's yeah. stunt double yeah. and, and so I became uh, uh, Kieran's stunt double effectively standing in for him when he was in France and you know so, so couldn't get back for the filming slots or was too far away for him So and then we ended up just splitting the workload you know so um, ones that were nearby for me I would do and ones that were nearby for him he would do Um so yeah, and of course, oh, that's cool. that's, I certainly didn't set out to be on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, it's uh, just intriguing. But uh, what's interesting is once you're inside one of those shows, um, you know, it, you, you do see, you know, a lot you know the making of a television I've made lots and lots of documentaries up to, up to that point so I was used to being in front of the camera I'd never been involved in any entertaining you know um, prime time sort of entertainment shows um, and the, the different demands came as, as as a little bit of a surprise mm-hmm. um, but you know it, it is what it is it, it, it's pretty much the same beast you know you, you, you your job, whether you 're making documentary or entertainment, is to do what you need to do in front of a camera. Exactly. Uh, the differences between entertainment is as you said before you have to they have to produce results right. you, know, you can 't with documentary you can go along and you can find nothing, and that 's still a good program because you 're showing the, the 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 techniques that you 're using the the methods um, it's not really about finding the result but with most haunted with ghost adventures with with um uh, the ghost hunters if you want people to tune in next week then you have to get you know ever more shocking ever more demonic and you know mm-hmm. all the shows went through that that thing they first of all they went along you know uh, they found the, the headless sort of white lady swooshing down the corridor then that you know that became quite passe that was you know we 've done that now, then they found that you know it was the it was the serial killers and the the serial killers' helpers and the victims and then that became a bit passe because you know they ran out of serial killers uh, yeah, I
1: know.
2: yeah, then then they always a bad nivy uh, then they went on to demons and entities and you know d- disembodied sort of uh, Quasi-exorcisms, which are uh, so popular now, you know, I mean, Zach's still doing Battle with Demons. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, You know, at some point, you know, as Zach's now finding out, you can't, you you know, what do you do after you've done the most demonic evil, you know, entity you can come to? You open up a museum. Well, yeah, but, you know, in terms of (laughs) getting the viewers, what can you do next? You've run out of options. There used yeah, to be
1: there. another series, uh, the world's most haunted places, of so the world's most yeah, scariest yeah. places, with Black. With what was her name? Black. Uh, she was in the Exorcist, actually.
2: She, yeah, but that was that was hilarious. Because Wasn't it? Is that, is that the one where they got all those gullible American families and sent them over to the UK and yes,
1: like? and he hits them up and with cameras.
2: They strapped cameras on
1: poles. These huge ass cameras.
2: Yeah, there was Mom Mom Pop and the kids and yep. Yeah. And then they threw them into like Chillingham Castle and yep. um and then they, they it was all staged all It was the, fun. Yeah. And it was so I say I I um I was so peripherally involved in one of them. Karen well,
1: Black, I think. It, yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah, and they were, they were all set up. You know, all of the events that took place, these bangs, crashes, and things falling over. It was good old fishing line. It was, you know, cramp yep. stuff over. Yep. Um, You know, it, 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 there was no paranormal activity in those shows at all. It was all set well, up. The, 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 you, you well, none that you ever saw on the camera. Uh, right, right, You know, they, they did go to haunted locations. Mm-hmm. But everything that the uh, the poor f- the poor American family encountered, um, you know, was they they got a holiday out of it. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, and uh, I, I really enjoyed. It. That was a fun one to
1: watch. It, I, I enjoyed it. it
2: was genuinely fun because it it wasn't doing anything. Um, it didn't do anything that it you know that it didn't set out to do. The whole the whole basis of the program was the scare, scare
1: the, to the, the shit chances. out of the family.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you would take these two, you know, this happy American sort of um, family, you know, the, the the typical American sort of mom, pop, two kids. Hey, a- a- watch it. You know, you know, they were always good looking. They always had, gl- uh, you know, sort of day glow white teeth. Um, you know, they oh, were all, uh, Stuart, yeah. I mean, you know, all, it was your typical all American family. They brought them to a typically Gothic haunted Castle in the UK and just scared the crap out of them. Yep, yep, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. I enjoyed that one as and well. If, you know,
2: if they didn't reduce the teenage daughter to a blubbering massive, <laughs> they'd failed. And you know, it would never. They, they, they I, I, I believe they tried it with some British um, families. Oh, um, did they? When they were piloting it, and of course, the British attitude towards you know we we're not as dramatic in our, you know, the way we portray our emotions mm-hmm. you know, the, Brit- the British way is a lot less sort of um, more refined as we like to say we just don't show our emotions as easily uh, you know, it's, it's culturally not uh, the norm um, mm-hmm. and so when they were confronted with stuff, you know, there was a bit more stiff upper lip and you know, no more blubbering in the corner and running out <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah.
2: so, so, they realise that we're going to have to get Americans.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: What? pure, it was unmissable television. And there,
1: I mean, there, there's been so many ghost shows. I mean, yeah. uh, I remember watching um, uh, Haunted. No, no, not Haunted Evans. That was Patrick Burns. Uh, it was the one with um, the guy from the Key to Patrick Burns.
2: Oh, Chris. Uh, Chris Fleming. Fleming.
1: Chris Fleming. Yeah. Yeah, what was, was that? Dead,
2: that was dead famous.
1: Dead, dead famous with the uh, porn star. Uh, what's her face? Gail Porter. Porter. Porter, yeah, yeah. And uh, I enjoyed that show in a way—not so much for him, cause, but for her. Uh, she cracked me up once again. I think it's, you know, because she wasn't professing to be any type of a paranormal investigator or anything else, and uh, it just was funny to see her reaction and stuff.
2: One of, one of my favourites for entertainment was um, Derek Acora's haunted. Oh, was it haunted towns?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, ghost towns. Ghost towns. Yes,
2: yes. He would um, go and knock the door. I, Hi, hey, hey, said, go check your He notes. had this huge. Yeah, he had the huge truck that would roll into town. Yep. And uh, he would get into the Acora mobile with. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was there was Angus somebody who was a very bad Scottish television presenter who. Yep. Who was scared of his own shadow, and there was a, a has been from reality from a soap opera, um, and uh, they would they would, as you say, they would investigate someone who'd written in beforehand before they got the the yeah. researchers, but they would go and knock on people's doors, and Derek would do a psychic reading for them. Know. You know, whilst he was they were stood there in the pajamas, and you know, <laughs> with, you know, for they were entertaining. And then, you know, Derek would turn up at the door and he'd give them a sight. And the thing is, though, it, it was staged. You know, you can't just turn up at somebody's door. You know, the television broadcast regulations don't permit that. You know, every searcher knocked on the door beforehand in, you know, DMI oh, yeah. terribly. But our, our friend uh, Dr. Simon Sherwood worked on the first series of that.
1: Oh, I did not know that. With that yeah.
2: He was a parapsychologist in the first series of that, but they decided that they didn't want a sceptical parapsychologist. So they uh, they got members of the production company uh, to basically pretend to be parapsychologists uh, before they sent Derek off to uh, Egypt on his next uh, series.
1: Well, that was the pizza from the dead, and uh, yeah. But one of the worst shows I ever saw, and I can't remember the name of it. I just was scanning through channels one night, and it came from it. Is they took these uh, cheerleaders and locked them in a haunted asylum and uh, made them go do all these tasks. And that Not was like that one. Yeah, it's well, you didn't miss much. Let me tell
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do re- I do remember one series that showed only once here in the UK. Um, with our, our mutual acquaintance, Jenny, the lady whose stomach swelled up every time she encountered it. Oh, bit.
1: Janet, uh, not Janet, uh, Jane Doherty, yes. Yeah. Yes, that was Dead Tenants. Yeah, that was. That, that, was, was, that was, was an old, old series, and, and it, it makes its way into the public yeah. every now and then.
2: Yeah, I uh, I always wanted her to, to encounter something particularly. Have you ever met her? Yeah, you met her. Yeah. I always wanted it to encounter a really powerful ghost so that she would swell up. Blow up. His... <laughs> 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 because I could never see this swelling that she always talked about.
1: Oh, she, she did. I mean, uh, yeah, Jan, I... Uh, she... wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Um, Maureen's husband, who's t- like totally skeptic, he scares the crap out of her. Uh, and uh, we were up at the Houghton Mansion and uh, that happened and he actually felt her belly extend and everything and so we have independent testimony but there's the tunes and we gotta go that's a shame
2: oh well never mind
1: Yeah, we'll go talk another time so anyways uh, thank you so much for listening this has been Ron Kolick for Ghost Chronicles International and Steve Parsons from Ghost Chronicle, that was your, your thing to jump in and say, this is Steve Arsewell and we'd well, like you to... you did it so well for me. And we'd like to thank you for listening and until we'll, we'll, next time, sleep tight.
2: Don't let the big buds bite.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, and Karina. Oh, yeah, Karina. Where? Oh, no. What happened? she has gone. From ghoulies to ghosties.